0: digital 410 productions proudly presents the what's in your head podcast digitized live from the act computer studios in cape coral florida it's the what's in your head podcast with your host gordon and don abernathy
1: what's up what's up what's up og5 It's another Monday episode, and, uh, well, we all made it through the weekend. And joining us, always from Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight?
0: Uh, I'm all right. Uh,
1: just an uh?
0: Yeah, just an uh.
1: Well, you know, I guess an uh is about as good as you can do in uh, some, some whoops, wrong button. And uh, we have a special guest tonight, but before I bring him on, I just want to play a clip that if you guys are uh, on TikTok, you may be avail- aware of this. It popped up on your For You page recently. Here we go. Then
2: we've got a second pack of monkeys, because why not? Florida's got multiple packs of monkeys. We've okay. also I don't need your help right now. Just hold the tail while I fuck the monkey, okay? Keep
1: it inside.
2: I have the sharing stick right now. <laughs> Why would you try to give an autistic person additional facts? Like,
1: <laughs> Joining us from Gainesville, Florida, oh. via Zoom, A.J. Wilkerson. A.J., thanks for uh, hanging out with us tonight, man. Um, that came across my timeline, <laughs> and I was just laughing my ass off because, one, most people don't realize, yes, Florida has monkeys thanks to an uh, old, like, 1940s production of Tarzan that <laughs> they filled up in Gainesville, where the uh, set production guys like, hey, we need fucking monkeys, man. And so they released monkeys into the wild because, hey, why not? It's Florida, and we love non-indigenous species. And so, uh, yeah, how do you – heckling has got to be one of the – key things you got to learn how to handle quickly when doing live stand up right
2: um yeah well first of all thank you guys for having me um and uh yeah like heckling is um it it doesn't happen a lot like um around here but obviously like you know um different places um and and you get the occasional like drunk person at a show and stuff so mm-hmm. um yeah it's something you have to learn pretty quickly um especially if you if you want to get good at it so
1: well, one of the things I find I have a problem with when I'm at a live show and somebody starts heckling, I almost want to stand up and tell the heckler to shut the fuck up because as usually the comedian says, hey, these people are here, to, to, they paid to watch us, not for you to come destroy the show. And especially, I, I couldn't help but notice you on your Facebook um profile page your backdrop is the laughing comedy cafe and i have been there quite a few times where the north fort myer demographic come out and they start drinking yeah. a lot of times they'll start stepping over the uh, performer and it's just like shut the fuck up it's so frustrating for us in the crowd that i don't know how you guys just don't go off the handle sometimes
2: yeah it's um well there there's different types of hecklers so depending on the type of heckler it, it is kind of how like comedians will handle them like because you've got like the people that are just being assholes. Yeah. Right. Um, and those people, typically you just have to wait until like the entire crowd is aware that that person's being an asshole. And then you can just th- like, you know, gloves are off. You can say whatever. And the audience is going to be on your side. Yeah. Cause
1: um, at that point, everybody's like, okay, shut up, dude, you're running the show.
2: Right. Um, but then the other kind of hecklers are like the people that like, they think they're helping, you mm-hmm. know,
1: Yep. Like, or, they're, like, uh, tell us or, about or the skunk just, apes.
2: Right, and exactly. Like that that's like a more helpful kind of heckler. So, you know, you don't really want to go like personal or you sure. know or, or attack them because you don't want to turn the audience against you. So, yeah.
1: How long have you been doing the comedy game?
2: Uh about 2 years. Yeah.
1: What got you into that?
2: Um so I kind of I mentioned at the end of that that little clip, um but uh I I got diagnosed with autism um and, uh, at like 31 years old. Wow. Um, that's
1: that's a pretty late diagnosis.
2: Yeah. So, uh, but like during going it, through that process of getting diagnosed, cause like as an adult, uh, there aren't a lot of places that can diagnose you. So like, there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I first started, like realized something might be, you know, going on with me. Um, and, uh, I just I got referred to this program and that program and so on and so forth. But during all of these like different evaluations, I was I was having to go through. Um, one of the uh, one of the therapists that I talked to was like, oh well, you have like it seems like you have like a like a very large portion of your brain is like creativity focused. Sure. And uh, so they, we got to talking about that, and they're like, well, it seems like you probably need like an outlet for your for creativity. And uh, at the time, I was trying to like teach i wanted to make like a like a cartoon yeah mm-hmm. so i was like but i was so i was trying to teach myself how to animate and how to draw and how to like write scripts and all of this stuff all at the same that's time that's a lot
1: of a load to carry
2: yeah and they're like that's gonna take forever and all of that time you're gonna be stuck without like a real outlet, outlet or way to like get it out to people so they're like why don't you cut out the middleman and just try like taking your jokes on stage and i uh a couple weeks after that i went to my first open mic and I haven't stopped
0: now. So what, what led you to um, pursue the path to get the, you know, to have that diagnosis? Yeah, what was, was there it? just some shit that's like, what the fuck's wrong with me and you go see a counselor or, or, or what?
2: Yeah. So it, it was, um, I, I, I'm a, so my regular day job before all of this was um, I was a graphic designer and mm-hmm. uh, at one point we were doing stuff with like a healthcare company. And so I was, one of the other things I did was like creative writing kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so we were doing some like blog posts for them. So I was having to do research about autism. And uh, I just realized it at one point, like I was I was reading through some of these things, I was like, whoa, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Like uh like to the point out. where to the point to the point where I was getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um like, like sometimes when you hear like side effects for medications, you're like, I'm not even on that medication, but like, I'm going to talk to my doctor, like,
1: yeah, like the, you know, um, like the cats in that new schizophrenia commercial. It's all over the place.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I had been, I'd seen mental health counselors before and it was like, uh, I was diagnosed with a, 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 severe anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. Um, and, uh, uh, at one point they thought I had a uh, ADD. Um, and so then the, just the more I started like digging into it. And then eventually, um, I, I got referred to a specialist and like, uh, it was a two hour observation appointment. And in the first 15 minutes they stopped me and they're like, yeah, so you're autistic. Like we're going to keep <laughs> yeah. going, but just so you know, like you're definitely on the spectrum. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, thanks. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. So like, uh, yeah, just different and like just learning like things about myself and you're you're like, "Oh, that's not what normal people do." Mm-hmm. You know? Um like things like when you have to have like a conversation with something like if you run into somebody from high school in like the grocery store, right? Yeah. And you guys start catching up like I I would get caught in these conversations and like I build like word clouds in my head of like, "Oh, this is what I'm going to say next." And and but I'm sometimes the same way. I'm But sometimes I'm like building that in my head. So I'm not listening to what the other person's saying. So then I'm still having to play catch up. And, but it was, it was like, wait, you mean you like full on, like develop full sentences in your brain, like actively do that before you? And I was like, yeah, like I can't, otherwise I just can't say anything. They're like, yeah, that's not a normal thing. I don't do that
1: Um, in, I don't do that in live conversation, but I do that if I'm preparing for like a confrontation. (laughs) Like I know something's (laughs) going to happen. I'll have those. The, that that pathway so that I can co- I'll already have preloaded comebacks to any which way that conversation could go. And so I'm kind of like that if I'm getting ready to go to a meeting for, because I, um, I run my own IT firm or if I'm, like I said, I'm expecting confrontation or something, I'll, I'll have those whole entire type of conversations in my head as well. Every- right,
2: so like that same thing. Like you're driving home, and you're, like, you're gonna like argue with your significant other, and on the way home, you're like, "Oh, when I get, I'm gonna say this, and if they say this, I'm gonna say." Like some people do that, like when they're expecting something. But yeah. I have, I do that in every conversation I've ever had. So, so while you're
1: having, like- and then
0: if they uh, zig when you want them to zag, it's like dumping a bucket of monkey wrenches in your path. Right? Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> you're yeah. like
1: you're like writing your own choose your own every adventure book.
2: conversation is like original, like Donkey Kong. Yeah, you know, just like back and forth up the ladder,
1: jump the barrels, keep on trucking. Yeah. After you got diagnosed, did you and your parents say, "This makes a lot of sense to some of the stuff we dealt with growing up, going to school, and all that stuff"? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The comedian like, um, and he's like, "Yeah, see, told you, fuckers."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, like literally. I, I I'll t- like my parents will bring up something from like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like the like old stories and stuff like that. And now when they do it, I'm like, and you didn't know I was autistic?
1: Yeah, right. Well, see, and the cool thing is, is now that you know, and the comedy thing is working out for you, well, with the exception of COVID and all that, you're, you know, you're two years into it. I'm sure you'll keep on trucking along. Um, I grew up, I have a learning disability and, you know, it's funny. My fiance's is a, a school teacher. And this year she's supposed to uh, be teaching the more moderate children, but she has one child that just got in her class that is on the lower end, and she's like, they really need to be in the in the class where they can handle that, give them the attention they need. But apparently, with the how crowded they are, she's like, well, so now like every day for like an hour and a half, the students going to get up, and leave the classroom, and go to another classroom to get that learning. And and me have being someone who went through all that before they have. Uh, learning disability classes to where they are now. I'm like, yeah, because there's nothing makes you feel so great about your disability than getting up in the middle of a classroom, walking out, and all the kids, are like, where does he go every day for an hour and a half? Because I used to have to do that shit when I was a kid. <laughs> I to go to the dumb class. I'll but, be back. But, you know, and it's what I'm, what I'm getting to is you're doing this thing, despite the fact that you've just recently been diagnosed with quote unquote a disability and with autism, obviously, depending on where you're at with the spectrum, is how much more that that disability affects you in your life but it's got to make you prouder than shit to say hey despite this thing i'm doing something that 99.5 percent of the people without any sort of issues are terrified to fucking do and and i I can't feel the same way as somebody who in high school was taken over to the Buckeyes boys ranch to do some medial training to figure out what sort of thing I can do for a <laughs> living because they didn't expect me to be able to run a business or do anything. You know, they have, okay, can you screw this nut on this bolt and all this? I mean, they literally run you through all this stuff just to, you know, cause this is in the late nineties. This kid's never yeah. going to go to college. He, he can't swing a hammer. He's not smart enough. And so they would literally take us and have us do these menial tasks to try to figure out what we might be able to survive doing in our lives. But now that I'm 41, I've been, my father and I have been running, a business for almost 15 years i take great pride in the fact that i you know was able to find success despite what you know the education system at that time you know expected me to be able to do and i and i gotta think somebody who just late in life i mean it's one thing to be diagnosed early and have 25 right. years to to you know figure things out to f- falling out late in life and not only get that but say okay I got this, but hey, I know I'm gonna go try to be a comedian and then go out and do it. That's fucking awesome. And as somebody who's got
0: anxiety problems myself, I just man, I give it to you. How hard was it to get up on the stage the first time?
2: Um it was, it was pretty rough. Like so luckily, like um a little while after I got diagnosed, I got my medical marijuana card.
1: There you go. So
2: I just got as high as like I could possibly get like while remaining conscious Mm -hmm. um and just went up and did it and uh luckily like within the first 30 seconds or so i got like a pretty decent laugh and so that feeling from that that i was like oh like this is what happy is supposed to feel like Uh, you know and uh yeah like nothing else gives you that feeling so I didn't, it wasn't so much that I like beat my anxiety as much as like, I got addicted to that feeling. And so, yeah.
0: It's like a workaround
2: almost. Kind of. Yeah. Um, Well, and that, and like, I realized like, because you like getting up on stage, like, especially at first, like it's all about like crafting material and like,
1: having a process, know what you're
2: going to say before you go up there. So um i had that but then also like unlike like a normal conversation like a normal conversation like you said like somebody can zig when i want them to zag uh in in like stand-up like it's not a conversation like it's a it's an interaction but there's only like a certain number of responses that are like appropriate for them to have right Mm -hmm. so it's like okay if i say this i should get one of these reactions and so it's kind of it's that back and forth and uh there's not really a surprise in a reaction outside of like, you know, hecklers, but then that's like a skill you learn. And like, even with that, like they're like, I have like heckler, like comments ready to go. Sure. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It sounds like you've got, um, Basically, just like categories, everything's set up. Okay, oh, you're that kind of asshole. I'm gonna pull from this this bin here, and uh, you know, here's here's how the responses are going. I've got you know various responses kind of lined up. I'll just grab from one chamber and pull it out, and and there you go. Roll. Yeah,
2: up. well, and it's like so. I uh, I tend to like I tend to laugh at myself a lot on stage, or people think I'm laughing at myself, but it's not that I'm laughing at myself so much. Is that like I'm just already ahead yeah you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and so i get to a point where like i know i'm like something good is about to happen like i know what's about to happen is about to get a laugh and so i can't contain my laughter at knowing that i'm about to get laughter and that's like a yeah how is your and it makes it even better when the laugh doesn't come sure and like i'm still laughing so yeah and then they just laugh with you all right
1: yeah <laughs> or at you <laughs> how has your process changed in the last two years when it comes to writing your material do you work it all out way in advance? I mean, obviously, like you said, it's it's it, it comes off a, a good well-written act comes off like a conversation, but it's not a conversation. It's almost like a well-orchestrated uh, voiceover work. Um, you're you're doing it in a way where the person listening feels like you're talking directly to them. But once again, that's why you don't want hecklers because your your quote unquote conversation is meant to go one way. But you've only been doing this for such a short amount of time. How did you work that process out? And how, looking back at when you first started, you're like, "Holy shit, I've come a long way." Or is it still very similar?
2: Um, uh, no, I've definitely come a long way. Like I, I, I don't like like I record all, pretty much every set I do um and like i'll go back and look at sets that like from when i first started and i they're just so first of all i hate what like watching myself on video anyway Mm -hmm. it's probably what took me so long to get around to tiktok yeah um but uh like i'll go back and watch like set videos and i'll go back and watch some from when i first started and they're just so i just find them so cringy and like like if i if i were a comic now in the crowd listening to me go on stage when i first started be like this guy blows, you know, like, ugh.
1: but see, that's a like good whoever's
2: thing. following him is going to have a rough time getting the crowd back. Yep. You know?
1: <laughs> but see, that's a good thing that you find it cringeworthy, because if you don't, then that means you haven't progressed at all. I mean, if it's yeah. two years later and you're listening to those first jokes like, damn, I hit it, then that means you're still in that same, <laughs> you know, it's, you haven't progressed because I mean, if you talk to anybody or listen to an interview with any comedian, it doesn't matter what level they're at or what their longevity is. They all said the same thing. Holy shit, man. I found some tapes I used to sell out of the trunk of my car when I first got started. That shit was awful. And so, yeah. I mean, that's the way it's, and it's the same way with bands and anything else. I mean, it's you know, you talk to somebody who's been doing a podcast or thirty year into it and say, wow, I went back and listened to episode one. That was a shit show. And so just like anything else, man, it's, it's just all part of the process and all, and all part of, you know, getting bigger and better.
2: Well, yeah. And like, uh, be, so where I got started and when I got started, just like worked out really like perfectly for me um, because uh keg of laughs that runs the, the shows, like the shows here in town. Um, they also have a workshop on Sundays, like a comedian workshop. Sure. And like in like some cities, like you can go take like a comedy class and it would be like, you know, eight weeks for like 250 bucks or whatever. But um, this is a, a sit, like a free class every sunday um and it's like the same like you know comedy bible and all these kind of stuff that they but it's like learning about joke writing and learning how to like craft sets and all of this kind of stuff so i basically have that every week um so i was able to like progress and like write really fast um well not only that but you have access to
1: not only that, but you have access to like-minded people. And so even after the class, I'm sure there's a handful of times you all go out and continue that on your own. And you, you know, from the cats who's been doing it for two, three years longer, you can learn a lot from somebody yeah. else if you're willing to shut the fuck up and listen.
2: Yeah. Well, and the guy who runs keg of laughs and the the workshop as a, uh, uh, his name is Bob Smith. Um, and he was a like a working road comic for like 25 years. Sure. You know, So having somebody with that much experience teaching you like, okay, here's like the, you know, how, how this works. And then here's how you can like shorten the process. And here's how you can get from here to here, you know, and it just, it, it it worked out for me. And like, just like the like the formulas like not formulas but like just the formulaic way comedy works Mm -hmm. and like if you put like you take something that's like mildly funny and you're like okay i know if i move this to here and put this here like this would be even fun and just like figuring out how that works like It's, uh, people like, uh, people, a lot of people with autism have like intense focuses. So it might be like trains or robotics Mm -hmm. or, you know, computers or, you know, whatever it is like mine is comedy. yeah I found it, you know? So who,
0: who would you say have been your biggest influences? Like maybe a Jimmy Norton or, uh, or, um, I'm forgetting people now just, uh, I was listening to your, your, uh jokes i'm like this guy's blue i can appreciate it which has also got to be difficult in this day and age uh with the cancel culture
2: yeah so i've got i mean for so many people because i'm i'm like a a student of comedy and Mm -hmm. so if i'm not like writing or or rehearsing or or practicing comedy i'm probably watching it um but I mean obviously the greats you know like the Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and and George Carlins and um and those kinds of guys but um some of my like favorites um like personal favorites are like I love Kyle Canane um I really love Roy Wood Jr um I I really love um uh he's all over like um like YouTube and stuff but like Drew Lynch and um Andrew Schultz
1: Andrew Schultz I
2: that, yeah, I love that guy.
1: His his YouTube channel he he found a way to blow up. You know, obviously he started with his real short routines, but then when he 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 kind of changed the format. He almost did like a comedian's version of Somebody Feed Phil, where instead of it's about food, he actually shows you know the he keeps it his three to four minute format, but then he shows him and his crew going around the town that he's in and kind of giving you the behind the scenes of the road comic thing, where they're out there eating or going to like silly little fucking tourist traps and all that. And his stuff, are, you know, they're still 10 minutes long, but he's got that thing hammered down. He's so goddamn funny. And he does so much crowd work, too. He's a huge crowd work comedian. I love that, his stuff. He's,
2: he's, he's somebody I started studying when I started, like, trying to get better at crowd work, for sure.
1: And he's somebody, speaking of cancel culture, he's somebody who's figured out a way to make fun of all races and genders in the crowd but do it in a non-offensive way so that, that the people Uh, that he's making fun of they're they're all laughing at it too and i mean he just doesn't give a shit when it comes to that but there's a fine line of dance in a way you have to do that nowadays
2: well uh, and part of like how he's able to do it is like he he his like his his persona like on Mm -hmm. you know on stage doesn't make it seem like it but he's highly fucking intelligent yeah and like he's well read and well researched and like when he starts like talking to people in the crowd like uh, he has a crowd work special on YouTube where he starts, uh, like, talking to a, um, I believe, like, a a Hindi woman. Yeah. And then starts going into, like, this goes into, like, a whole, like, couple of minutes talking about, like, Desi culture and, and all of these different kinds of things. And you're like, wow, like, he knows what he's talking about. And that's what allows him to make those jokes. Yeah, you, know? you just... Like,
1: You just went down the path. I was going to shine my flashlight. I was going to say the same thing. You know, he'll make fun of a culture, but then he'll talk 30 minutes going in depth. Not talking about the, you know, the crap that we all know. The, you know, the He'll actually, like you said, he knows the history of the culture. He'll start going back. Oh yeah. Back in 1840, he knows the history behind it. And that just makes the people he's busting balls on respect him more because oh, he's not, he knows about it. So that's why he can joke about it. And you're absolutely right. He puts a little cultural history into his, his comedy.
2: Right, yeah. So, like, he he's, he uses like the the tried and true. Like, I can be informative and you know, and that's how he creates that balance. Um, and uh, and then you have other people. Like, um, I try and create like in, in jokes like that. I try to create the balance by um, by either a making fun of myself first, or b like identifying like kind of how i got there sure if that makes sense um and by trying to make it uh like i don't want to offend anybody like i want even the people that like could be offended to find it funny yeah you know and that's kind of like i don't don't intend to like hurt anyone you know and and that's kind of the the thing and and sometimes just like that genuine like oh they're not they don't want to be mean they're just you know and that kind of goes a long way too.
0: And I used to, have, i worked worked um, in construction is what I work in actually in the office now. But I remember when I first got in, it was just a bunch of guys during lunch sitting around browbeating the shit out of each other in a good way, making fun of everything. Nobody got upset. If anything, it toughened you up. And it just, that seems like that's what's missing today. It's just a little, little ribbing, a little good yeah. natured ribbing, you know?
2: Well, and that's why like, you don't hear like a whole lot about like falling out in the comedy scene mm-hmm. like because com- be- that's what comedians do. We shit, yep. we sit around and we literally talk shit to each other and say the worst things like humanly possible to each other sometimes uh, because we're, tra- we're chasing like the version of that that we can use on stage or we're trying to, Oh, I can, I said this to them. And obviously I could never say that like on stage, but I could say this instead, you know, and, uh, and yeah, like, the darkest shit you could possibly imagine.
0: Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah. It's it's just a way to up up your shit talking game is to be around it and be involved with it constantly. There's dude, I've to-
2: heard comedians say things that would have been considered war crimes. Like <laughs> yes.
0: I would not doubt that. I think I've said a few things. Speaking of
1: having before. a thick skin, I mean we we live in fucking Florida for God's sakes. I mean up until COVID, we were the the whipping boy of the United States. And speaking Sorry. of which, you know, you're, you said you're two years into this. How lucky are you to be a Florida resident when it comes to this? Because we're open. I mean, we were closed for a few months. I mean, you listen to LA, uh, comedy clubs, they tried to open up out in the parking lots. LA fucking slapped their dicks, told them to shut it down. Um, some of the guys are traveling, some of them aren't. And, you know, I know a lot of guys are doing the digital show, and, and I'm sure that's great for a well seasoned comedian, but. For someone like you, who's two years into it, you're just now finding your voice. You're getting used to, the, you know, being on stage and, and doing it in front of a crowd. But going back to the whole voiceover analogy, um, doing a podcast like this where I'm talking to th- you know two other people, it's easy to do. We're having a conversation. I mean, it's not easy to do, but it's easier to do. I do a uh, World War II based podcast where a lot of times I'm doing. Uh, pre-written monologues where I'm in a room by myself and to get that sound across where you're still sound like you're having a conversation with somebody that's a hell of a lot harder than sitting here looking at two cats on a zoom meeting and to to do the digital stand-up act is the same thing and now you're not you know instead of feeling the crowd feeling the lights looking around getting that energy you're looking at a monitor and you may see 30 faces on a screen but I have to imagine it's got to be a hell of a lot harder to do
2: um yes and no like um like i said i tend i i laugh at myself a lot sure. and like um it kind of works out great for like for zoom comedy because i'm laughing at my own joke so by like that just helps kill that gap between like the the delay and hearing their laughter
1: uh, that makes um, sense
2: so that works out a lot for me um but yeah being here so like The beginning of covid like sucked super hard um because i had gotten booked up for like for my very first like tour yeah um and i was doing a yeah i was so i was doing like a variety show tour with um um like a bunch of like musicians and music acts and stuff and it was like a like an 18 city tour and uh we went to tallahassee where the the production company was and uh, they put us in a house and uh, we signed our contracts on a Sunday. And then Monday, everything went into lockdown. Uh... So we stayed there for like a month, like a month and a half, two months, um, just rehearsing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And then we did like a virtual show. And that was pretty much, that was it. Um. And, uh, but uh, because I had like kind of somehow my momentum carried over. Mm-hmm. And when things unpaused and we first like opened back up I got booked for a bunch of like private gigs and nice and stuff like that and then I got to go and do like some bigger rooms um and then uh then um you know like I said I had kind of gotten used to the virtual thing and um then I I I submitted to a I had submitted back in May i submitted to this comedy festival that was in October and then it got canceled. Um, but then they decided to do it virtually. Um, so I submitted, um, for this virtual, the Portland comedy festival and I won the Portland comedy festival. So.
1: Congratulations on that. I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> now were so, you able to slam
0: some Antifa guys in, in the process?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there was no, there was no, uh, there was no Antifa slamming, uh,
1: well it's just uh that i mean that's saying something to be two years into this and to win and to win a fucking comedy show congratulations on that
2: thanks yeah um so yeah like now i'm i'm just working on getting booked as things are opening back up and uh getting into some more places and and start getting around more often so
1: well aj thank you for hanging out with us tonight aj wilkinson hey let everybody know where they can find you on tiktok instagram if you have a a lot of people are getting off of Facebook and don't you know Facebook's so hard for someone like you and myself. If you have a quote-unquote public persona page, it's so hard to get views without paying fucking Facebook the advertising revenue. Yeah, I got five thousand fans. I'll post a video and they'll share it with ten of them. It's so deflating. It's <laughs> so annoying that a lot more people are going to TikTok because of that. But where can people find you on the social media realm?
2: Um, yeah. So on Facebook, uh, just AJ Wilkerson Comedy. Uh, Instagram is AJ Wilkerson Comedy um on uh on TikTok tock i'm a uh, captain underscore autism and on uh, on instagram or i'm sorry on a uh, twitter i'm captain autism with the underscore at the end um so yeah
1: well good luck with a- everything man and um hey if, once Absolutely. you get back on the road and your schedule picks up if you want to come back on the show to promote anything just uh, let us know and we'll be happy to have you back on and I appreciate Absolutely. your time.
2: Thanks a lot. You guys, this is fun.
1: Thanks man. And, um, hey, Jay, great talking to you. Yep. Take care yeah, you too. Take it easy. Bye
2: guys. Right,
1: AJ man. Wilkerson, man. Thanks for so much. Have a good one. And we're back. You know, it'll be interesting. Oh, nope. We had a hypothesis. The countdown is still in place. As you guys know, when we have a third party on the show and we go to the, the triple screen, the, um, the, the fine people over at, um, zoom, hit us with that 40-minute meeting mark, and I, I told Gordon, I was like, hey, when we get close to that point, I wonder if when the third party drops out, nah. if they'll get rid of the timeline, and no, the timeline is still there, so as we are going to do, and as we tend to do um, whenever we have a third party on here, we got to split the show up into two, but before we do, this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at Act Computers. Act Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of, South War- all of Southwest Florida since 2004. And they can help no, you with your it. computer repair, your laptop repair, server okay. work, network expansion, anything technical related, two-form authentication, online backups, antivirus protection. Give them a call at 239-283-1120 or head over to act-capecoral.com. Or uh, you know, hit them up on their Facebook and Twitter. And even if you live out of the state, give them a call at 239-283-1120. Because as long as you have working internet, they can help log into your computer, help you with your issues, email setup, printer problems, uh, virus problems. Give them a call, 239-283-1120. And uh, we're going to be right back in just a few minutes. So uh, hold tight. Um, tell you what, if you guys love the show and you like us having guests on, but you're annoyed by the fact that we have to split the show up in two, the best way to help resolve that issue is head over to What's in Your Head. Dot com Or d 410.com. Click on that Patreon link and sign up. It's a dollar a month, and uh, they take $1 a month out of your bank account. You can help uh, support the show, support the YouTube channel, and all that. And we'll get us some high fluting premium grade uh, Zoom. So uh, when we have people on like that and guests on, we don't have to split the show up in two. But, uh, I would uh,
0: settle for medium fluting at this
1: point. Yeah, medium fluting would work great as well. So hold tight. We will be right back. Thank you guys so much. There I am, and we are back with part two of the Monday Night Show, the What's In Your Head podcast, the big show when you have guests. You got to split the show up in two, but hey, we're here. If you guys are listening to this on the downloads, which by the way, thank you guys for the download. The download numbers are up. If you're listening to this on a download, you don't know that we ever went away, but if you're watching this on YouTube, Periscope, or whatever, I guess that gives you a nice little delay. You can come back and watch the second half after you go get a beverage or something. But we are back. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thanks again to AJ Wilkerson. Very, very funny guy. Go check him out on TikTok at Captain Underscore Autism on TikTok. So how is everything going in your world, Gordon?
0: It's going okay, but I'm, I'm discovering some things. And it's funny, actually, after talking to him, mm-hmm. one of the things I've been struggling with lately is when people talk and they're asking me, and, and, and it's happened between us, it's like i really don't know what you're talking about you know and it takes me a minute to figure it out i'm like okay am i missing context now what 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 the hell's going on but i'm just getting old but one thing i've discovered is so i got a, a weird
1: is it kind of like earth. when you're driving home and you make it halfway home and you don't remember driving that distance
0: yeah not not really that it's just like what the fuck i'm not in your head i don't know what you're talking about um but one thing i've discovered so i got this weird bump that's kind of rising on my nose before we get into that
1: i think we found a glitch in the matrix gordon we did that reset so quick that facebook thought it was buffering and we're still continuing on the original yes, video so. i saw that it said
0: video will be paw is paused that's awesome we'll so be back so that glitch. is awesome John anyway. Kraft.
1: Welcome back, John Kraft. He said he generally enjoyed the shit out of that interview, and we did too. We're going to try to get more of those on there. Absolutely. Uh, we really need a producer and a show booker um, because there's just so much I can get done. Welcome back, John. It's been a while. Oh, Morgan Long's hiding out, but go ahead. you got a bump in your nose.
0: So I went, and, and I've had two different dermatologists tell me it's rosacea. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't really turn red. Then I thought about it. It's like I've always been kind of red every time I came in from the cold weather, mm-hmm. and one of the triggers of rosacea is alcohol. Well, I just finished a finger of bourbon.
1: <laughs> must have been some good shit.
0: Yeah, it is. It's you a pussy. Jaya, you don't um, do two fingers. Uh, I I work tomorrow, but I've already noticed like my face is getting red, mm-hmm. and, like, and that's one of the triggers. And I'm like, son of a bitch.
1: I you know um, it's funny looking back. I, I remember you turning red, but I just always assumed because you were you know you're. You all you know you had a lot more freckles than I did, and you always kind of have more of a fair skin, but that makes more sense,
0: so does this mean I'm going to get whiskey nose I hope not I mean, I don't even drink that no much
1: that's called a gin blossom, and that's when you're a full blown alcoholic,
0: yeah, well, I may have a gin bud <laughs> right here, but uh yeah, so I've got medicine that I put on it now and and that's fun and that's expensive that's great but uh, I think no, the last time we' talk- going otherwise everything is going okay obviously we're all uh bated breath with what's going on I don't even want to national level and i'm not even going to go there but uh we went from 90 degrees to 45 and 50
1: mm-hmm. we didn't haven't gotten that cold we've had some cool weather and i have a story about that but um i want to finish a, a thought i had about your skin issue and all that um last time we talked you're down 10 pounds i think you're down 15 now correct
0: yep that's 15 it's not that noticeable yet, noticeable yet
1: because I'm a big guy, but... Uh, Once you start buying like a new wardrobe, it um, it'll be more noticeable. My question, though, is when you changed your diet, have you noticed a difference in your skin quality? Not to sound like a bunch of ladies, Cacklin?
0: Uh, for the most part, yeah. No, because it's so goddamn dry out here, so I'm still battling dry skin.
1: Well, I used to get real dry red skin right here. And yeah. then when I... Got off the soda and the right. moss and all that, and right. I went all drinking water for the longest time. That all cleared up, and then now that my diet's back and forth, it's, it's still semi-clear, but it gets a little. It, when I start drinking more shit, my diet gets worse. I actually do see a change in my skin condition right there. But like when I like right now for like last week, I've basically been drinking Gatorade Zero and water, and so it's my skin's actually pretty good right now. But a lot of times, if I'm drinking a lot of beer, soda, and all that, I will see a, a difference in my skin.
0: Now, as, as we know, we had Vinny on, and and the thanks again, Vinny Tortorelli, for coming on mm-hmm. and, and guiding me through and get me started on this. No sugar, no grains. Am I at a hundred percent compliance? Is my wife and I at a hundred percent compliance? No, no, but we're at eighty five to ninety percent. And when I when I say that, no, we haven't eaten any bread, haven't drinking any drink drinking drinking drink any soda, haven't had any rice, potatoes, any high carb bomb stuff, but. Sometimes there's just a little sugar in there that I just I'm still having a hard time finding without paying a lot of money or or, or using a lot of time uh, the, all, everything that everything that gets, you know, all those words that slide in that's technically sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know it's a progress i think we will get more and more compliant as we go but well, that's uh, such a hardcore diet
1: well. i mean uh with my every plate um i think three meals i eat a week were are baking carrots and there's so much natural sugar now you think oh bake carrots that's healthy but according no, to that no. diet no it's not i might just no be carrots. down in the box of nerds but anyhow
0: well you can have carrots according to that to that that weight lifestyle of eating once you get to your weight goal sure And I know we're not supposed to have any cheat meals until we kind of get to our weight goal or been doing it for a while, but we, we've slipped. I've had, you know, a sandwich once and I did not miss it at all. I'm like, you know, we, we've discussed this, but uh, yeah. yeah, So uh, no, everything is going good. My cheat day this week was wings, uh, which had mango habanero on it. Um, That was on Friday and I'm sure it was fried in a bunch of vegetable oil, but uh, that was it. So, So you know, a cheat day once a week or once every two weeks is fine i said we're not allowed having more cheat days until thanksgiving and then we still gotta be late
1: so as you mentioned the weather is getting better all over the place <sighs>
0: yeah uh it rained for the first time in 200 days out here on my side of the valley and i tell you what there is some unexpected shit that happens Point when it 40? rains for the first time and <laughs> tw- no so we're driving along and and I, one of the things you expect is the road to get slick but you know Ooh, okay, we're in i our guess fancy can I guess? Oh, can yeah. I guess? Because I live in I California.
1: Guess. Yeah. Well, it's a little different. When though. it sprinkles just a little bit and everybody starts wrecking and their excuses. Mm. Well, you see, it never rains. So the oil that drips off all the cars gets on that there concrete and it soaks in the concrete. And when you get the slightest bit of rain, the roads get slippery.
0: Well, I will tell you about that shit thing.
1: Perhaps in 1983 when everybody's cars were dripping oil. But how many people are driving around beaters that drip oil all over the goddamn roads nowadays?
0: I think it comes from the tires. And the reason I say that is when we pulled into our neighborhood, I noticed foam in the middle hmm. of the road. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like somebody dumped a bucket of soapy water and I'm turning, I look to the left and down along the gutter, along the curb, there's water running and it's a dark green, brown.
1: Ugh. Antifreeze.
0: And then I look behind me and there's foam being generated from my tires. Yep. We back into the garage and I've got a nice big black, tire marks going up into the garage. We get out because we've been walking around in the rain, uh, in parking lots and our shoes are leaving black prints everywhere. That's weird. So that clearly tells you how much shit clearly ends up on the road, especially when you haven't had measurable rain in that long. And it was just a, it was weird. And I was just wondering, you know, is the homeless people getting flushed out of the, out of the drainage ditches yet? Because that's usually what happens. There's usually at least one rescue, But our rain wasn't that heavy. Actually, that day, our side of town got good measurable rain, but McCarran still had nothing.
1: Here's a fun game to play when it rains. Drive down your neighborhood down a street and just cast your eyes on people's driveways. And the ones where you see the four light marks in the driveway those are the people who wash their cars because those light marks are the runoff from the uh tire cleaner and so when the when the whole driveway gets wet there'll be four clean spots that just keeps running off from the the tire shine and and all that stuff because dave pointed that out to me one time when uh, he came over oh you must have put stuff on your tires and he's right usually
0: when i uh i put stuff on my tires i can actually still see the residue on the dry ground anyway and it doesn't go away forever you know it's just it's there well i hope this but, isn't um, too loud yeah but... that was uh, that was one of the things i thought was was nuts and then um didn't know what to think about it but it looks like uh how's the weather is everything holding up over there uh
1: So, last Tuesday or Wednesday, it was the day after our last podcast, as I said, no, it was Tuesday, the election day, the, the cold front came in, and uh, we cracked open all our windows and all our doors, and everything's great, and the next day, we're following suit, and uh, watching the election results, waiting to see what's happening, and we have two sliders. Um, my Basically, my living room door is here. My bedroom kind of does this because my lanai comes into, like, a rectangle. And so I have a slider on this wall at the bottom and a slider here. And then can like window. An yeah, and so the dog can run circles if they want to or people could, but instead they prefer to walk in front of my TV when I'm playing Call of Duty, but that's neither here nor there. So we're sitting in bed watching the election Britain's results. You got me killed. Or lack thereof. And
0: mm-hmm. we hear this
1: low... Coming from outside. I What the hell? And Bailey pokes her head up, and so we put her on the floor and she scampers outside. And it's all dark in her room except for light mm-hmm. casting from the 55 inch TV. And Bailey has a series of toys that she has deemed outdoor worthy. And it's so cute sometimes when the doors are normally shut because it's so damn hot, you'll open the door and she'll stop. Her toy box is right by the main slider in the living room, and she'll stop and grab a toy out of the toy box and bolt outside with it. And so now what started out as two outdoor toys, she has like eight of them out there. And she came in with what I thought to be an outdoor toy. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what toy is that? And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And and Carrie's like, what? I'm like, oh, no. And I grab my phone, turn on a flashlight, and it's a goddamn palm rat. Ah, your turn, motherfucker. (laughs) Gordon's been talking about how he had to buy a new grill because he had palm rats living in his grill. I don't know if Bailey killed it or if the low growl we heard was the cat killed it. Because the cat that was outside, we believe, was little girl who was once a feral cat many moons ago, about seven years ago. But Bailey just carried it in like it was just a toy and dropped it. And if you guys seen my TikTok or I even think I even shared it to my Instagram page, this isn't just a lot of people say rat and it's a mouse, uh, with the tail included. This thing was probably down to here. I mean, this was a big, this fucking thing, rat. <laughs> this was a fucking rat. And luckily, she dropped it right on my pajama bottoms that I had laying on the floor, so I just took the material, folded it over, grabbed it by the tail, kind of waited for it to, to spring back to life. Didn't know if perhaps it was playing possum, but it didn't. And I quickly threw it in the trash can and then threw my uh, my pajama bottoms into the washing machine because I didn't know what sort of funk that damn thing had on it. But she was just so proud of herself. She just came droppling in, ah, da, 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 and just dropped this huge, big-ass rat. And now as gross as that is, I'd rather she drag a dead rat in than that thing getting up onto my... Roof and into my soffit and into my attic, but yeah. Um, well, hopefully
0: you don't have any up there because a lot of times you don't even know.
1: Well, back God, when we first moved in here a few years ago, the power lines because here in Florida we don't bury our power lines. The power line runs perpendicular right above my privacy fence. Why and,
0: wouldn't you in a stormiest state in the union?
1: I don't know. Some people say because of the floods and power, but you put it in conduit and it's all waterproof. Any help? That's neither here nor there. Um, every once in a while you would see the silhouette of a rat running down the power lines, but, uh, yep. They got one. I don't know where they... now I have a sneaking suspicion because the neighbor to the right of me, they have, they're not technically palm trees or like the palm bushes that a lot of people buy down here. Cause they kind of grow out in a fan and they create privacy and they're about eight, actually they're about 15 foot tall because the fronds lean up over my fence which makes it fun for me to mow the grass. Whenever they fall off, Tucker the beagle used to pick them up and run around the yard. And now Bailey has discovered that fun time. But yeah, the cool weather has brought in dead rats into my well, rat singular, into my house. Uh, so that was fun. <sighs> well, it's
0: interesting. So the Paris Hotel uh, and Casino lost power mm-hmm. back on like October the twenty second. And what it was actually was caused by rats. Really getting into the utility uh, transformer and uh, shortening it out. Boom. It's so bad that the emergency power didn't come on.
1: Wow, that's pretty bad when the, the back of generator, didn't, generator didn't kick on appropriately. Yeah, but that rat was good as toast. Yeah, you were asking about the weather. Today was the storm that never was, not that we wanted it. They have this tropical storm called Etna, Etta. I call it EPA Etta. because that's all we worry about is when damn things are going to arrive down here. But this thing is like on crack, right? So it came up Florida Keys, Cuba, and it kind of started to circle towards us and then hung a hard left out in the Gulf. And I haven't checked the weather today, but they're anticipating that this thing's going to go out there and get more energy and then possibly later this week hook back and land up around uh, Tampa area, Bradenton area. Hopefully not. But they we were supposed to get bands that were strong enough this morning that they canceled school. Because they didn't want, because of school choice, our elementary school starts here effing early. Early it's enough where there's kids at bus stops around 536, depending on how far they got to go. And so Mm -hmm. they didn't want kids standing out in the dark and, you know, potentially 25 to 30 mile mile an hour winds along with rain. And so they went ahead and canceled school yesterday. And so I kind of stayed up late last night playing Call of Duty with the kid and Carrie, and I went to bed around two and kind of anticipating well i probably won't be able to go to work late anyhow because it's going to be windy and rainy and won't be able to drive i got up just a rain event like son of a bitch i got to get to work so i i crawled out of bed and it was it was raining a little outside but it was by no means um dangerous to drive or anything and so whether or not hopefully this thing doesn't come back interestingly enough with all the storms that they've had this year this is the first named tropical storm that's actually made landfall in the state of florida this year or they're anticipating it will be, because I guess technically it's, it hasn't made landfall. We just had the band so far,
0: and hopefully it, it doesn't, because God knows the, the Gulf Coast in general is just a wreck, especially north of you.
1: Well, they always say you, you know you're fucked whenever Jim Candori comes to town, and he's on Marco Island, which is about 50 minutes from here. So they're definitely expecting this thing to come this way or were. Um, so yeah, he he was down here on Marco, and his other little whipping boy was over in Jacksonville or. Um, so,
0: they basically expecting this thing to swing a UE at some point in time? Yeah,
1: it's literally, it's it kind of went underneath Florida, came up, and then it's dog-legging left out into the Gulf, and they're anticipating it's going to pick up steam out there because there's, there's no obstruction, and there's a lot of w- cold wind and uh, you know all the elements required for hurricane uh, construction, and then it's supposed to fling back up towards Tampa in our way. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out.
0: Absolutely. So I want to shift gears a little. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to a platform called Parler.
1: Uh
0: I went there. I was followed actually a podcast over there last month, but I went the. I downloaded the app this time and I went to log in and I was having a hell of a time. Mm -hmm. It said, you know, everything for, you know, Hey, what about your number, your phone number? And I I entered my phone number. So then I enter the captcha and it says, we cannot find this phone number or this email. And, and it just, I, I got sick of it. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to try to bring it up on Google Chrome. Well, and the I annoying thing
1: up. is when you do the I CAPTCHA, right the annoying thing with the CAPTCHA, what's that you went to Google Chrome because it had the saved password and it logged right in? And logged me right in. Well, the annoying thing with the CAPTCHA is when you type it in, it just refreshes with a new CAPTCHA. But real small underneath it, it says we cannot find an email address. But if you don't exactly. read that real small font, you're like, you keep typing in the goddamn CAPTCHA because interestingly enough, I would when it's so funny everybody's making this leap and i made you the...
0: think that's bringing it down you think that may be the problem
1: no it wasn't until i got on a pc and not on my phone because when uh, you're on a phone the keyboard's up and it covers up that pay the part where it yeah. says real small we don't see an email address registered to that account when that keyboard's up and you hit enter just to capture refreshes and you're like what the fuck and you keep retyping in thinking you typed it in wrong and it just it's an endless loop but- Let's talk capture real quick. Mm -hmm. Now,
0: you'll see a series of lowercase and and uppercase letters.
1: It is case sensitive.
0: It is case sensitive.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make sure. And it's kind of pointless because if you're on Google Chrome, Google like the picture version back in the day, well, choose the dandelions. If you come across that one, Google Chrome just does it for you. So you don't have to do it. It's it's kind of pointless. But anyhow, I had the same problem a while back, five months ago to be accurate. I signed up for it. Turns out I signed up for it back in because I'm late to the party. I signed up for it in uh, June 14th of
0: 2019.
1: And the app updated and it asked for my password and I couldn't figure out the password and I couldn't figure out the, the, the username, the, the email address it was registered to. And I was like, well, no one's on this app anyhow. So big whoop, I'll sign up. Turns out I had 50 followers. So I signed up again five months ago. Um, under D-Train 410 instead of Donovan 410, which is most of my stuff. And now that everybody's transferring over, I, hey, I want my 50 followers ahead from, And I want to be a cool guy with the old time date, uh, date stamp. But I figured it out when I went to my Google Chrome, like you said. And it said my D-Train 410. Then it said the Donovan 410. But it said gotmail.com. I must have typoed it because I signed up with my Hotmail account. Is that like the green dot card. Category? Exactly, but my question is usually when you sign up for a service, you have to go to your email to click the to, uh, the the mm-hmm. verify that the account exists. And as far as I know, there's no got no gotmail service. Is there? Gotmail.com. Oh, That's that Viper. Um. No. So there is no gotmail. So how this thing? Um, before continuing to Gotmail, I'm not even gonna try. So I don't know how it ever registered an account for me at Donovan410 at Gotmail.com, but luckily I figured that out and um I was able to get in. So now I have two Parlor accounts. One of them's under at Donovan410 and the other one's DTrain410. Um, obviously I'm gonna use the Donovan410 more than the DTrain one, but yeah. Well, and by the way, out- for those who haven't made the switch, it's nothing like Facebook. It's a it's Twitter, basically. It's Twitter. It's
0: it, it's a work in progress.
1: It try and it needs that. It takes forever it to upload photos. I don't like the whole vote and echo thing. an echo without an echo. It's the whole thing's weird. But I've always been. I kind of jump onto these new platforms not to be the first to do it, but kind of like when I sign up for YouTube, which is the Utah Gun Exchange. It's their version of YouTube from when YouTube start demonetizing videos with firearms in them. I sign up for that stuff because. I think it's a lot easier to get followers when there's not a million people to compete with. And so I try to get on new platforms when it's early so that you can get a lot of followers out the gate, especially for if it's a personal page, that's not a big deal. But if you're trying to promote something like a podcast or a, a public persona page, you know, it's easier to get a lot more followers when you're not competing with 30 million other people when there's, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So that's part of the reason why I signed up back in 2019. It had nothing to do with politics and like i posted today hey just because we're here doesn't mean we want to be getting an ass load of your politics here either we just want you know less censorship
0: reading an article that was created by a a bunch of trumpsters because of that now one thing i found interesting is you could change your name and your handle Mm -hmm. easily so i ended up going through a couple of variations and then i settled at gordon at analog Four Ten. there you go um just because that's where i i'm uploading my videos which i've got a i got a bunch of days off coming up so i'll be uploading a bunch I think, and um, that, that's what I did. So uh, yeah, it's a little weird. I think it's going to take some time to, hopefully, as more people migrate over. If
1: they migrate, um, if once again, migrate it's not a, it's not a Facebook substitute. So you know, if you're looking for a platform to give you the feeling of Facebook, keep your Facebook account. If you want to cancel your Twitter account, it's it's basically the the timeline, the way the formatting. It's basically like Twitter. It's not going to give you the birthday reminders and the events and the groups and all that like a Facebook does. And that's one of the things I've been seeing a lot of my reenacting buddies like, Hey, um I'm just staying on Facebook just through the you know, the events and the calendar stuff and so we can set up these you know, these World War II reenactments or whatever your preferred hobby is and they're just minimizing their personal posts. But yeah, it's Yeah and
0: yesterday on my personal page i said i'm gonna use facebook what it's the best used for and i posted a picture of my food
1: yep well that's more instagram but yeah
0: well you know it's just to tone down the the bs
1: and it's so Um, hard to switch because now it's just one more thing you got to do unless mm -hmm. you delete one in the past i never i hate to delete my twitter feed just because i got like you know, 1500 followers, but none of them really follow me anymore. Cause I took like two years where I didn't post anything. And so now my posts don't show up anyhow. So I'll post something like five people will see it because once it's much like Facebook. So I could probably get away with deleting it, but I just haven't done so yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll hang on. Cause obviously we, our family spread across this now, nation.
1: I want to give you guys an update cause I like to um, come back and admit when I was wrong or misspoke, if you will, we did this whole great segment talking about how <laughs> TV shows and movie productions spend a lot of money filming a scene and they got the shit out of it and never seen. Turns out, in this case, of the right stuff, I was wrong when I was skimming through the episode. Um, I fast forwarded through the whole damn thing. But yeah, if you go about, I think it's like 14 minutes into episode one, Sierra Hotel, when uh, Sam Shepard goes to um, the naval officer place. Not Sam Shepard, that was the name of the actor who played in the original *Right stuff, Alan Shepard. Uh, when Alan Shepard goes to the uh, the officers club to, to demand more flight time, um, that is the scene that I shot in Orlando at the golf course as the naval officer. And I do have a quite a bit of screen time in that, opposed to the minimum amount in in episode four so i was wrong they did not cut out all that scene and it wasn't a waste of eight hour recording it was just i fast forwarded through it so uh, um i do know of i've talked to a few people who've seen the show i haven't watched all the episodes yet and i know one of them who's really heavily into it and uh loves the show so if you guys have disney plus check that out and um let me know what you think of it i think it's a pretty good show so far
0: yeah i gotta get Get onto some Disney Plus.
1: You ready to get going with the news and shit? I am ready to get it going on with that news and shit. News and shit. News and shit. Now, now here's Gordon, Gordon with some news and shit.
2: Joining us now from the digital 410 West news desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy.
1: Hey, Gordon, how you doing tonight? Eh, eh. <laughs> Better than you this happy Idaho, if I man. play the clutch again.
0: Nah, that's fine. (laughs) We don't want it to mute it on the other side of the stream.
1: I try to keep Uh, it under 30 seconds.
0: Well, I am doing better than this Idaho man.
1: Hey, Uh, I'm from
0: Idaho. Idaho man was banned from Yellowstone National Park. Why was he banned from Yellowstone National
1: Park? What what must one do to be banned from Yellowstone National Park? Uh,
0: There's a lot, and there's actually a book called That's a Yellowstone. This guy was attempting to cook chickens in a hot spring
1: how and why because well, first I'm and sure foremost a lot of alcohol sp- was involved I was going to say first and foremost I assume a hot spring smells like un-fucking-purified well water and just rotten eggs and I'm sure that's going to make the chicken taste like and, shit and,
0: and some of the springs run two, 300 degrees you, you, they got so much chemicals in some of them that it'll take the skin right off of you uh, this man was reportedly found back in uh, uh, my birth, uh August with the cooking pots and two whole chickens, not two half chickens, not two quarter chickens, but two whole chickens. And, and it has been issued a two-year ban from Yellowstone National Park for attempting to roast said chickens in a hot spring.
1: If I want to cook chickens over natural hot water, I ought to be able to. You can't kick me out of here. My tax revenue keeps this place open.
0: So after bullshit. being alerted. Two hikers in an off limit thermal area of the park carrying cooking pots on Friday, August the seventh.
1: Were they like the blue camping style ones with the porcelain?
0: I would not doubt it, but I hope you at least go for a cast iron or a um or a uh, a Dutch oven.
1: This doesn't sound like the move of, of a cast iron user or a Dutch no, oven this aficionado.
0: Like a move of one of them real lightweight aluminum
1: ones. Yeah.
0: Um so, Park Ranger found two whole chickens, a hot spring inside a burlap sack.
1: Dead or alive? Well, they're dead,
0: according to this East, the East Idaho News. So, the un- un- these should be identified at this point. The unidentified man from Idaho was sighted along with two others. So, this was a group effort and a group for walking in thermal area. According to the news source, uh, in Mammoth Hot Springs, and I've I've actually been through Yellowstone quite a bit, a man pled guilty to the citation. He is also charged for violating closures and use limits and was forced to pay. What, what do you think? What do you think? How much would he be cited? $2,500. $600 per it's charge.
1: Getting off light for uh, federal property. For
0: two years, so that's six hundred per charge, plus two years of unsupervised probation, and two years banned from the park.
1: guys sounds like a pussy to me. Anybody hey. with a fucking nut sack on them would chickens? Anybody can do chickens? You want to impress me, son? Cornish game hens—that's where it's at. Smaller, you gotta get closer. High risk, high reward. You pussy.
0: Speaking of pussy, Marty. A black Maine Coon cat. Used to uh, patrol the highest peak in the northeast United States for a dozen years. That would be 12 for those playing along. <laughs> At its weather observatory.
1: That a baker's dozen not be 13, you some bitch. Has passed away. Well, of course. It after hits. how many years? 13 years? That's a long run for being a feral cat.
0: 12 years. No, he wasn't a feral cat. He was actually a cat they put up there. So uh what kind of asshole is a cat on top of a mountain? Summit operations. Manager. That's a cat that Rebecca? knocked one too
1: many glasses off the goddamn counter Is What that was.
0: Yeah. Sholen said, and then uh, this is according to uh, Rebecca Sholen as a past observer who lived on the summit for four years. So basically as a partner with whoever's up there mm-hmm. patrolling, I could tell you that Marty was a special companion an entertainer and incredibly loved by all observers and state park staff. And we'll be sadly missed. So the, Was- the Mount Washington Observatory staff has had a cat at the 6,288-foot summit,
1: which is called the home of the world's worst weather since 1932. Now you so guys even 19- larger assholes drag a cat up to the location that has the world's worst weather. Surprised the uh, damn thing been getting eaten by a coyote. You ain't going to get a partner with you up there, so you
0: might as well have a cat. Keep keep uh, the rodents at bay when they try to come in.
1: Okay. The
0: observatory had recently shared the news that Marty would retire from the mountain in early 2021. However, he did not make it. He was a shelter cat, and he won 50% of the Mount Washington mascot primary in June 2008, the same time that uh, Democrat Hillary Clinton and Republican John McCain won their respective races in New Hampshire. So they vote. People vote on this cats. Who's gonna be up there? Who's getting kicked off the island?
1: You know, there was a crazy TikTok video where this lady she lives up like her, she lives in Colorado or somewhere. And uh, her backyard it basically empties into an open field thus slowly goes up into the plains and, and the mountains and stuff. And the mm-hmm. plains and mountains do different things. And they had a pack of... Yeah, completely. They have a pack of wild coyotes. No, I think they're wolves. See, a pack of wolves are coyotes, and they're running around. And they mm-hmm. notice this French bulldog is running with them. Not only is the French bulldog running with them, he's like the alpha male of this pack of wild of wolves. And um, they reported. Is it it. barking a
0: French accent?
1: They reported it, and they put a -a Havahart trap out there. They're trying to catch Mm -hmm. this French bulldog, and she has it on film. The wolves won't let the French bulldog get anywhere near the Havahart trap. They like send up a scout to go out and sniff it out and check it out. And they said they've been watching this thing. They've been trying to capture this French bulldog for like two weeks, and this thing's like running. Um, (laughs) It's part of of the pack. I mean, it ain't going to happen. Yep. No, sir. Don't like it.
0: No sir, Don't like it. So there are some people that are just not bright. hmm Yeah, you know, some of the, the duller crayons in the box. hmm There's one individual in Wisconsin who decided to transport a snowmobile by strapping it strapping it to the roof of his Toyota Corolla. Now, if one was to strap a snowmobile to the roof of the car, number one, that'd be stupid. Number two, which direction
1: would you think they'd strap it? Uh, Well, first off, direction, direction. Hey, how do you get it up there? What's the average weight of a snowmobile? 2,000 pounds? It's up there. And for the the casual shade tree mechanic at home, what is the uh, weight rating on the A pillars of a car? Are they meant to hold a 2,000 pound goddamn snowmobile on the roof?
0: you think it'd affect the crumple zones.
1: And to They're answer crumpled. your question, it would be nose towards the trunk because you'd have to drive it up the hood.
0: How about nose to the passenger side? What? Think of a dog bringing a branch into a house yeah. and it's long wise. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what they do? Drive it up next to a hill and then it's drive it on? It's hard to say,
0: but I did send you a picture oh. in your g- g- Gmail account of this. Out. Just so you can understand and fully understand the majesty of idiocracy. Oh, that's
1: insane. Do, 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 do. So the trooper pulled over. Oh, that's something special right there. Yeah, he, <laughs> they, they drove up next to like a hillside or down in a, a rain ditch and then drove yeah. that thing on. That's a special.
0: That's a special individual there, isn't
1: it? No, you're wrong. He, the the nose is towards the driver's side, and they had to get in on the passenger side because the skis are actually sitting over the driver's side door. Okay. And so they so had I've got it backwards. They had to but like, it's
0: still the wrong. Uh, comp-
1: that's insane.
0: Imagine loading it into your truck that way. Anyway, uh, the trooper pulled over to the driver on highway 63 in Northern Wisconsin on Sunday afternoon after seeing a snowmobile perched sideways on the top of his sedan.
1: You know why I pulled you over son? No, sir. No idea. I was doing the speed limit, sir. Am my, I speeding? My brake light out. Well, my, apparently my you got, uh, you got a piece of uh, heavy equipment on your roof. Who done put that there? That's hanging left to center. <laughs> and I mean, in places like that, don't they have like those small, like old school tunnel bridges with like they're down the one lane?
0: I don't know Wisconsin well enough, but uh,
1: yeah. So basically, the Wisconsin Department of
0: Transportation tweeted out the photo of the car with the Polaris which is probably worth more than the car
1: now, clearly on
0: the mount of the you know with the message folks don't try this at home so
1: the driver guess his age what age well, range would you be try something like this yes but uh, someone who's that young to try something that dumb that you think and can't afford that so i'm going to say 38 23 year old driver was issued a warning 23 year old driver with good home. credit
0: techniques and cited for failing to buckle up according to the d.o.t spokesman spokeswoman i'm sorry the driver one mr matthew schmidt which i'm sure he goes by the name schmidt he did it again of clayton told the trooper that he just bought the snowmobile and was driving it over to the friend's house to show him
1: so you went on facebook marketplace and you bought yourself a, a 1998 2002 polaris snowmobile you live in wisconsin i'm sure two of your family members are farmers no one has a truck
0: oh wait till you hear this guy's response about the whole thing he goes i know it looks sketchy but we strapped it down and shook it up and down like this hey, kind the, of region stuff like this is seen all the time but it's more like the back roads
1: to give him credit i have seen an f-250 uh truck pulled out of a ditch with a fucking ratchet strap those things are pretty terrible
0: i was in a vehicle that we were stuck i was pulling a trailer out and uh somebody got up and helped us and i didn't have a strap on us either of us did i didn't have a person pulling me was also an employee and uh oh i'm sorry we did have straps one of the the general contractors guys foreman came up and he just threw a strap on real quick yes inner joke there Mm -hmm. and it was something that i didn't realize until it was too late but as he went to pull me the strap broke and we were always told not to use one with a hook. The hook went flying, sailing through the back window of the truck in front of me.
1: I seen a picture on Instagram. It was a meme, but someone had a ratchet strap on the wheel well of their truck. No, on the bed. I saw and it. And it like cut it. At least that's what, unless they Photoshopped it, it looks like it, it cut it. But it, it almost looked a little fake because the way it was cut. But yeah, it was, that's pretty crazy too.
0: Got one more.
1: Okay. I got one too. This
0: is this is a little before your time in your interest of World War II, but it is World War One. Carrier Pigeon's secret world war message was uncovered a century later in a French field. Hmm. An elderly French couple was talking or taking a walk through a field in September when they spotted a peculiar object. It turned out to be a tiny capsule with a spectacular message inside, a hundred-year-old handwritten note from a World War One soldier, according to the Guardian.
1: This the note was written in up. German
0: by a Prussian soldier based in, I'm going to mess this up, ingersheim The region, now part of France's Grand Est, but was still part of Germany. The note had been sent by a carrier pigeon to the, support, the soldier's per, uh, superior officer. And what did this message say?
1: Send more backup. The Yanks are coming. <laughs>
0: uh, it said, now. Oh, uh, it said, Platoon Pothoff receives fire, fire as they reach the western border of the parade ground. Platoon Pothoff takes up fire and retreats after a while. In Frechow, half of the platoon, platoon was disabled. Platoon Pothoff retreats with heavy losses Hmm. so basically reporting that they got their asses handed to them and clearly it did not make it back to the person that uh was going for
1: over on the eastern coast of the united states dateline washington post after a tight race a french bulldog was elected mayor of a small town in kentucky
0: oh is it a town we know
1: yes sir it's so a it's town that if you follow me on Facebook, you're familiar with due to t-shirts and photos uh, about from July 4th a few years back. Is it a town named after a breakfast food made of rabbits? Sure. As the country anxiously awaits for the final president's election results for days on end, one Kentucky town was resting easy after the victor of its own heated election was declared on election day. Wilbur, a six-month-old French bulldog, was named the mayor of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, in Boone, out on the outskirts of Boone County. Uh, this tiny town is a home of fewer than 500 people as far as, uh, who, as far as pet politics go, are deeply divided. He's a good-looking guy there. The town had never had a human mayor, but each election cycle, people from all around the world cast their votes to elect a canine one. Uh, it's mostly just for fun and a distraction from the tense human politics, but each voter pays $1 per vote. That seems like... Uh, bribed to me but anyhow each voter so pays keep that trading post up and running each uh but each voter pays one dollar per vote and the proceeds goes to the rabbit hash historical society this year they raised nearly twenty three thousand dollars that's awesome so they had twenty three thousand votes mm-hmm. in a town of five hundred people although the 2020 race was razor thin wilbur managed to come out on top in tuesday's final tally beating out the incumbent uh Gwyneth Paltrow (laughs) I'm sorry Gwyneth Paltrow or Mayor Bryan as he is known a brown and white uh, pit bull who entered um, office after being elected in 2016 Mayor Bryan who is seven would not have enough uh, support to clinch his second term we think this is the most important election of 2020 said Bobby uh, Cager president of the Rabbit Hash Historical Society the town tradition of electing the animal the To oversee the community has started in 1998 when Boone County, which governs Rabbit Hash, was celebrating its 200th anniversary. Um, They asked that all mayors to honor the birthday, but Rabbit Hash didn't have a mayor at the time, so they voted one in. One thing I didn't know, apparently to be eligible to be the mayor of Rabbit Hash, and I'm not sure how the logistics works. And I I don't know if this article... Uh, rabbit hash 18 year, blah 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 from what i understand the each nominee has to be able to chase a rabbit from their home to the general store within an hour i don't know if that's a real rabbit a fake rabbit or how the logistics works on that but that is the new mayor of rabbit hash one thing that would be better than a french bulldog would be a boston terrier but uh i digress is it me or is frenchie's taking over the world um, well, if, I'm stuck on French TikTok, Frenchy TikTok, but yes, the, that's because they're so damn cute and they're very, very vocal. Um,
0: but I hear that they're also very, um, delicate.
1: Yes. They, um, they health wise, health wise. Hey, uh, send us an email to info at, uh, D or go on Facebook page. If you want a free what's in your head podcast sticker, let us know. All we need is your address and your name and we'll mail it to you. The only caveat being is we prefer, unlike that, you put it somewhere where it can be seen. Um, there is a little cost in making these things and mailing them out. I would prefer they not end up on your refrigerator in your garage unless you have hundreds of people come over. And as was mentioned when we brought this up on the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast, my co-host on that, Jeff Copsetta, he actually had two barbers out in uh, Texas where he lives that allow him to put the sticker on their mirror so that when they're People are getting their haircuts or staring at our logo. But if you want want a free sticker, no cost to you, email us at info at d-410.com or send us a message on our Facebook page. Just need your name, address, and preferred color. And I will send you to you for free. Just uh, put them somewhere so people can see them. That'll be great. And uh, Gordon, you have anything to go out on tonight? I think that is it, man.
0: That is is absolutely it. it
1: well thank you guys so much it's been a great week so far it's been a long week i got a thing i gotta to do tomorrow with Lowe's. we'll talk about next week see how that works out um that'll be fun but anyhow i gotta do that tomorrow and remember if you never get out of your comfort zone you'll never get out of bed so get up challenge yourself like i'm gonna do this weekend at my next savage race and uh work on making your life better and happier and thank you guys so much and we will see you all next week Same bat station, same bat time. It's the What's in Your Head podcast. We're inconsistently consistent or consistently inconsistent, and all that good stuff. See y'all next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
2: This has been a digital 410 production.